Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit AbyssBattery.com. Welcome to the semi-live coverage of the second annual Yakin' for Bass Challenge. My name is Walter, and I am joined by the king of the creators himself from last year's tournament, Chase Prince. Dude, are you as excited for this year's tournament as I am? Woo, man, I am looking forward to this tournament. My reign is not going to last as long as I thought it was uh, because we're having the tournament a little bit earlier this year. I thought I was going to get the full 366 days of being the champion because this year's a leap year. But uh, we all decided to change the tournament date, so it's not going to be as long unless, and I repeat, unless I am the repeat champ of the creators. Which then, I, I can't even do that kind of math in my head. <laughs> well, as the reigning champion, you obviously are the most qualified person uh, on this broadcast tonight to talk about the trials and tribulations that each of these creators will face this year. Now, everyone in this group has many great talents, none of which include catching fish. What are your thoughts going into this upcoming year? Well, I think it's going to be a battle, and... For a lot of these guys, they're they're probably going to struggle for for most of the month. But then I think all of a sudden the the competition and drive that uh, each one of them has, but it has nothing to do with fishing. But they're some somehow they'll end out pulling it out, and then one of these guys may claim victory in this year's tournament. May I'm going to go with the word may claim victory in this year's tournament. What do you think are the keys to that end-of-the-month surge that, that, that we witnessed last year as well? Wow, well, some of the keys are, I know some of the guys really pushed hard last year, and they were fishing for literally, what, 18 hours a day or something? Right. Like, they were out there, or eight, I say 18 hours a day, they were out there at night. They, they resorted to night fishing to try to catch up. Um, in inches so I think pretty much anything's gonna go I wouldn't put it out of the way for uh, maybe a little sabotage or something like that to to try to uh, uh, become the king of the creators 
Well, on this broadcast, we're hoping to achieve a ranking system that's going to be based on experience both you and I have, and I'm going to basically give you the default on, on, on ranking some of these people, giving your expert feedback into why they may or may not be the biggest threat in this tournament. I think we've got a, a killer lineup, and uh, I think what we're going to do is highlight some of their strengths going into uh, an interview section that you and I put together with each of the creators. Yes, before this broadcast, we were able to get with each of the creators and talk with them, uh, maybe get a little bit inside of their heads of what they're thinking uh, for this tournament. So it was it was a good time, and I think we got a good grasp on who these guys are and uh, what type of anglers they are. I think so. I think we also got to see that mental edge that you talked about earlier, that that little bit of aggression that they've got towards how this is going to play out. So I think this is going to be an interesting segment. Let's start off. We're going to go in reverse order. Obviously, number four and five are close friends from the Whitetail Distraction Podcast. Who do you have coming in at number five? At number five, I have Austin from the Whitetail Distraction Podcast at number five. Mm. Interesting. I have him at number five because basically he finished around that margin out of the creators last year. Um, he relied on a lot on his wife last year. Um, she basically pushed him over the edge to maybe go out there and get some of those extra inches that he didn't have in his bag because it was nip and tuck there for a while. She was leading him for most of the tournament. And I think he was more worried about that than he was actually worried about taking the crown uh, of the creators. So I, I think that was a, just a big driving force for him was to just beat her. So I'm not sure that he has that competitive edge when it comes to the end of being able to beat one of these creators. Yeah, I, I agree. I think if you struggle to beat your wife who isn't even a, an established angler, it makes it real hard to, to even try and claim King of the North. It it seems a bit preposterous that you'd even make such, such things. I think the most dangerous thing that Austin's got going for him is his Photoshop skills. Throughout this entire tournament last year, we saw countless savage Photoshop memes and graphics that went into this, but unfortunately that doesn't translate to the leaderboard, and I just can't see him getting over that hump this year either. That's true. If if this was based on memes, then Austin would be standing alone at the top of the mountaintop, king of the north. Uh, he is the meme man himself. But there were several memes last year, basically, that were making fun of me, and I, I don't I don't take that too kindly, Austin. So that could be a reason for your number five ranking. <laughs> <laughs> well, closely, closely uh, ahead of him and by a very narrow margin, in my opinion, we've got a man who spends more time picking out which ranch he wants to eat with his wings than he does picking a lure, which tends to be a reverse order. I think most fishermen spend the majority of their time trying to figure out what they're going to you know, match the hatch or the water clarity or, or the micro colors that might make the difference. And I think his focus is in the wrong place. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. I mean, I'm a Hidden Valley Ranch man myself, so I can, right. I can definitely see that. Um, but I'll give Charles this. He is definitely a competitor. He, he, sure. he took a lot of that drive that he had last year I mean he's one of the people that I was talking about that was literally going out and fishing all night long to try to be able to inch his way up the leaderboard so I, I do have to give him credit for that 
But that being said, he put a lot of hours on that kayak, and it didn't really translate to winning the tournament last year. No, it didn't. There was a lot of belly aching about rain and, and, and how that makes it hard to fish. And, and, you know, honestly, I think it's it's one of those things where he's kind of the Rudy in, in this tournament, you know, he, he might get his, his, his sack at the end of the very last, you know, minute of a, an irrelevant moment in the tournament, but I just don't see him really pulling through. But here's the thing. Rudy didn't have a guy to hold his hand and show him how to catch fish. Like he has Lane Baker, you know, last year, that overnight tournament, I heard he paid Lane $5,000 to take him to a stocked pond so that he could at least be in the competition. So, I mean, if Rudy had had that, he might've been a star. I mean, it kind of seems like Rudy would be taking some HGH or something. That's true. Uh, I, I did. I didn't realize that he had those kind of connections. I didn't realize he was allegedly. Ri- I, allegedly, allegedly. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. I didn't know that he was riding the coattails of Lane Baker, who was one of our top three finishers last year. Uh, maybe right. I, I'm not sure what Charles has done in the off season. I mean, I, I really true. don't know what he's done this off season. He, he didn't speak much about that, so it was hard to get a good gauge if he had done some things to improve his casting angle or how he ties his lures on or anything like that. So I'm just going to base it off of he probably didn't put as much time as he should have in this offseason to help him move up this leaderboard, and that's why he came in at ranking number four in my book. We agree. With that summary, let's cut to the interview with Austin and Charles of the, of the Whitetail Distraction Podcast. Okay, guys, we are on the phone with the Whitetail Distraction Podcast. That is how their title says it. It's in all caps, the Whitetail Distraction. You fished against them last year. You get a chance to fish against them again this year. And uh, we're, we're going to chat with them and see what is going on with them. We're going to hit them with some rapid-fire questions. And let's see where this takes us. You guys ready? I'm good, man. We're here. We're ready. All right. <laughs> What's your favorite memory from last year's tournament? Chuck, you want to go ahead first? Yeah, man. I have a very clear best memory from last year's tournament. And uh, to be perfectly clear and honest, you know, before last year, I didn't fish a whole lot, especially out of a kayak and especially bass fishing. But last year, my fondest memory was a midnight fishing trip that we went up to a local lake and we did a uh, all-nighter. I mean, we pulled an absolute all-nighter. And we fished out of the kayaks. I caught, I mean, I don't even know how many, I think I filled all five of my biggest fish that night. Uh, And we fished literally into the morning. We said, well, let's go hit some more spots. It's morning now. The morning bite's on. So we went and I literally think I fished till like 2 p.m. the next day. So. (laughs) (laughs) That was intense, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds like somebody's competitive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, when you get on good fish and you're pumping up your leaderboard and you start passing all the other creators, uh, it, it's definitely a drive to just keep out there and keep going. What about you, Austin? Oh, man. I don't know if mine is, like, my favorite, but it was definitely the most vivid from last year. Me and uh, my wife were fishing up on Lake Erie out in Prescott, Iowa Bay, and we were catching smallies like crazy, and then – a serious front blew in and it got white cap crazy all of a sudden we were out there on kayaks and all the boats were taken off and i remember getting into shore and my arms were jello dude 
I was toast <laughs> by the end of that. And honestly, it was like the most vivid memory when we both were like, oh my God, we didn't die. And then we went and got beers. And it was awesome. <laughs> All right. What is your favorite lure? What's your go-to for the Yakin' for Bass Challenge this year? All right. So I like uh, I like about a half ounce white booyah spinnerbait with willow blades. And number two, I'm a big topwater guy. I like a bone-colored whopper plopper, like a 90 size. All right. Well, I knew that was coming from Austin. But, uh, you know, I had a couple different lures that I really liked that worked for me last year. I wasn't a big plastics bait user until last year. So, I mean, with the Senkos, I was really uh, locked into those. But my favorite, my most successful was a Long A Bomber. Uh, Long A Bomber, um, right on kind of top water, dragging it slow. And on nighttime, that's that's when they really crush right it. On. Who is your rival in this tournament? <laughs> you are. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> We're after Chase. We're after the, uh, the single man title. You know, <laughs> I want to say I'm after Chase, but I think I'm just going to try and take down Parker. Oh. <laughs> oh, nice. I love it. I love it. We need that. <laughs> we need we need Parker to get some get some uh, some competition Humility. going his way. Besides Greg. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say last year I was right behind him. I was so close to getting him. Yeah. Yeah, you were. I don't know. Greg always slips under the radar. I don't know why uh, nobody wants to challenge the man. <laughs> this is eight pound bass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't want to get on Greg's bad side. The the, no. the Godfather of saddle hunting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my. All right. Since so you chose me, so Charles chose Chase, and then Austin chose Parker. Is that what we got? Yep. Okay. What kayak are you guys using for this tournament? So I'm running a uh, perception sound 10, five. So it's a 10 and a half. It's like 10 foot six, basically. It's not super heavy. It's like 50 pounds. I can throw the back of my truck in and out. It's a sit in. It's not a sit on top, but it's plenty of room for me. I got a crate in the back. I got rod holders all over the place and it, it works great, man. Well, honestly, I'm looking right at it. Uh, through my car windshield right now and i don't even remember what model or make it is uh, <laughs> i bought some cheapo from a local uh store last year just a local sporting goods store and it got me through the year chuck is fishing out of a pelican catch 100 it's a ten- hey that's it <laughs> 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 Thanks, Austin. <laughs> when your buddy knows your fishing gear better than you, what what camo does he wear? Do you know? Real tree, extra. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> We're a real tree family here, Walt. <laughs> hey, I, I, Chase. I've always been a real tree fan. Adam, <laughs> Chase. I'm surprised Chase isn't rocking that Hidden Valley pattern. <laughs> that only works in the fishing realm uh, yeah i dipped each one of my baits in hidden valley that was a tip last year oh, dude you guys have got to do a parody video about that i, I want to know chase did you use the dry mix or the wet ranch uh, the wet straight up ranch 
<laughs> I didn't want to chance it. I didn't want to chance. I needed the it mixture. Clings. I needed it the, clings, Chase. I needed the mixture to be just right. I needed all the chemicals <laughs> or whatever they put in Hidden Valley. It's some secret that nobody knows just to make it taste so good. I needed that on my lures. So, little pro tip out there for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think, honestly, you could put some of the dry mix into, like, your plastics if you were making plastics? <laughs> I don't know. I've never tried to make a plastic, but it sounds like a plan. Let's do it. All right, guys. So here's the deal. You've got to give us one bold prediction for this tournament each. And, I, and I'm not talking like, oh, Chase is going to catch nine, eight-pound bass. I mean, obviously that's going to happen. This has got to be like a – what's that angry ginger guy who's got the sports channel uh, show? Colin Cowherd? Is that what his name is? Well, he's Cowher, yeah. No. But he is angry. Yeah. Well, there's one of them. You got to give us a hot take. I'm talking. This needs to be on the front page. Ooh, I'm gonna say that Parker is going to destroy me for most of the match, and then I'm gonna come in with like a 24 incher at the end and just catch him by like a half an inch. It's gonna be beautiful. <laughs> um, my bold prediction is that the biggest fish competition winner will come out of the north oh my god chase are you planning on going up north is this something i don't know about (laughs) i'm open to any takers that would like to let me fish any of their uh what do they call it high fence ponds up in the north i hear i hear lane baker's looking for a mentor a fishing mentor so maybe you could go up there and give him some lessons (laughs) Uh, i don't think i could teach that man anything (laughs) i don't think i could teach him anything we call them farm ponds, Chase. Farm ponds. Farm ponds. Okay. <laughs> Just like they're pond creek hopping. and crick. Yes. We get plenty of cricks around here. <laughs> <laughs> Whew, boy, you can really hear the optimism that they have. They, they're relying sheerly on their talent, and I'm really, really concerned for them, but that's their purview. If uh, if they think they can compete this year, I'm glad to, uh, to to have them join the tournament and help fund conservation. Yeah, no doubt. It's going to be a great time having these guys in this year's challenge, uh, especially right. for the memes. They really contribute in, in that fact. But who knows? Anything can happen during this tournament. So I wouldn't be surprised if one of these guys finished maybe one or two spots slider than the ranking that we give them. Possibly, yeah. It only takes one fish. Speaking of only one fish, we've got the next competitor that, by one fish, was in the uh, in the rankings last year. Uh, Greg Godfrey of G Two Outdoors. He had a an excellent uh, evening after struggling through the majority of the tournament, and that really is what put him into contention, uh, having caught the biggest fish that we saw recorded in the tournament. Yes, he did. He, he definitely. I was there to witness him catching that fish. Uh, you, Greg is one of those guys that just exudes enthusiasm, and I think that carries him through uh, a lot of his fishing. But the reason for one of this ranking for Greg is he's kind of a one-trick pony. He he he, he resorts to the cinco. We know nothing right. else about his repertoire on on how he likes to fish. Maybe throws a whopper plopper in there every now and then for fun, just for kicks and giggles. But he sticks with the Cinco. He knows the Cinco. And I think Greg probably needs to dive a little bit further in that tackle box if he wants to be ranked a little bit higher uh, for this year's challenge. 
I agree. I think it's it's kind of like having an excellent running game, but you can't pass the ball. I mean, you load the box, and uh, you know, unfortunately for him, this is going to be a warm weather event again, which completely eliminates his ability to run that whopper plopper because of all the grass and hydrilla that he's going to have to deal with. I mean, I, rumor has it he invested heavily in whopper plopper stock last year after the tournament, um, and I just don't know if he's going to see a return on that investment moving forward. That's true. Uh, I mean, Greg, you got to give Greg credit, though. I mean, he's probably running the the top rig, the rigged out kayak for the tournament. So he's going to be using that to his advantage. I mean, I remember going out last year with him and he would just zoom past me with that uh, electric trolling motor rig that he has on his Hobie kayak and all of the rod holders. And of course he's got cameras on them and all of this. So I think he's going to, hopefully he'll be able to use that a little bit more to his advantage this year and use all of that high dollar equipment that he has to maybe squeak out uh, the number one ranking. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, he kind of borders on the line of buying success. You know, he he doesn't earn it the old-fashioned way. Yes, he's got his enthusiasm, and and that probably does carry him out there on those days where it's rainy, whereas Austin and Charles would stay home and and make memes. I think that's why they're ahead of he's ahead of them. But I think realistically, it kind of worries me. You know, he spends a lot of time buying gear. You know, his lights total forty thousand lumens, so he can attract every fish on the lake to him at night. Um, you know, not that that's cheating, but you know. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's stacking the odds in his favor, and you know, God forbid something happens and that Cinco doesn't produce for him. Uh, he was one fish away from maybe being down there with Austin and Charles last year. So why don't we cut to that uh, interview with him, and we'll see you guys on the other side. All right, we have got Greg Godfrey from G2 Outdoors on the phone, and it is time to hit him with the rapid-fire questions. Greg, what is your favorite memory from last year? Well, then that's easy. If we're talking bass tournament, there's no question. It was the Lake Seminole fishing trip with uh, Chase and Walt. Uh, That was awesome. I can't wait to do that again. Absolutely. It was a good time, especially that dinner we got. Yes, that was the worst dinner in the world, but, you know, (laughs) good memories. (laughs) Uh, What is your favorite lure for bass fishing from a kayak, Greg? Oh man, I just fish with so many different lures and I'm so good with so many different lures. But if I had to pick one, I guess I'd pick a Cinco. <laughs> okay. Do you use a weedless hook or just a regular uh, offset? I use, I prefer to, to wacky rig it just straight up, straight shank hook. No, no weedless or anything. That's my preferred method. But if it is real nasty, I'll go to a uh, Texas rig style uh, weightless rig. Good deal. Good deal. Who do you consider to be your rival in this tournament? Oh, it's got to be probably Parker McDonald. I want to beat that guy so bad. (laughs) A fellow Cinco Life uh, fisherman himself. Yep, exactly. (laughs) Nice. Uh, What is your kayak setup for the tournament, Greg? I'm fishing out of the same boat that I used last year. It is a 2015 Hobie Pro Angler 14, and I've got that thing decked out. Oh, you got to give us a little bit of details, man, because you've got that thing like this is the most pimping kayak I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, yeah. I've been pimping it out for like three years now, three or four years. I've just been steadily adding to it. So I've got the the power pole micro on it. I've got the uh, 
I've got a light kit up front, big floodlight kit for going in in the dark. I've got, man, I've got so much stuff on that thing. I've got gun racks. I built in storage up front. I've got a Garmin. I built in a Garmin uh, fish finder unit with uh, it's one of those things that maps uncharted waters. So when I go to ponds and lakes that, that aren't on there, I can get the depth chart and everything, and it builds the map as I go. So, yeah, this thing is awesome. I've got it rigged out. Yeah. Yeah, I I was jealous. After that, after, you know, uh, Adam, uh, Chase has his little Slayer, Slayer deal that was a pedal kayak. You had yours, which had, like, a, a trolling motor, like, built into the middle of it at that time. Yes. And you guys are, like, scooting around, like, little mini boats. And I'm over here just paddling my, to my heart's content. That was miserable. I'm, I'm definitely in the market for a pedal system now. The pedal system is just hands down a better way to fish. It, the, I, I mean, it's expensive. Don't get me wrong to get into it. It's an investment, but be, to be able to go hands-free and not have to mess with the paddle is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Last question. Give us some bold predictions for this tournament. What do you see? I'm talking like your hot takes on ESPN right before the season kicks off and everybody knows what's their, what they're, who's going to win. Give us those really hot takes right off the, off the skillet. So I got three predictions. One, Walt is going to beat Chase this year. That is going to happen. That's number one. Number two, someone's going to catch a double-digit fish. Somebody's going to go with a 10-pounder, and it might be me. Third prediction, <laughs> G2 Outdoors is taking home the trophy this year. Guaranteed. Oh, man. I love it. I love it, man. This is going to be exciting. I hope you're, I hope you're as amped as we are to, to be doing this. I'm pumped, man. I cannot wait. I love kayak fishing season. And ordinarily, I'd be hitting it hard right now. But to be honest, I got bit with a turkey bug a little bit this year, and I am just really focused on turkey right now. But as soon as the tournament comes in, I'm going to have to switch gears and start focusing on bucket mouth bass. All right, guys, so that was Greg Godfrey, G2 Outdoors. You can tell he's really excited about the camaraderie that's going to happen in this event. No doubt, but you could also kind of hear in Greg's voice that he was a little upset that he didn't finish in first place last year. I mean, I could, I could kind of tell that that had been, has been eating at him all off season, and that he may be out for vengeance this year. He's made a lot of new friends uh, through Tethered and all of that this year, so I don't know what Greg has up his sleeve for this tournament or the places that he's going to go to try to go out there and be number one for this challenge. That's a great point, but on the flip side of that, I do worry about having the eyes of the world on you during this event. Last year, you know, it, it seemed like he was really worried about being able to contend. If you remember early on, he photoshopped a, a photo with him having a several hundred inch fish like on day three of the tournament. And then I think it was about a week or two before he actually registered his fifth fish in the tournament. And I wonder if having the eyes of the world from having made all those connections, can he sustain the pressure that that's going to bring? That's true. This tournament does lead to a lot of pressure. The, the mm -hmm. creators in this tournament are ruthless with one another. I mean, you should see some of the texts that go back and forth during this tournament. It is astounding that even the, the creators of this tournament would allow such jargon to be mentioned during a tournament. But hey, we, it, it's all good. We can tell all of these guys are just out there trying to uh, bid for that number one position. 
I, it's it's a mental game. I mean, if you think about that vying, that 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 smack talking, and someone lands a big fish, and it's week two, and you still haven't gotten that that big twenty inch fish that's going to help push you past everybody. Factor in that pressure. I I don't know. I, I'm worried about Greg. I mean. He's he's got all the skill, all, all the equipment there. He's he's got all the 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 the, here, the GoPros that are are watching his every move. He knows that people are going to be watching that footage. Let's see if he can sustain it through the long run. And uh, with this COVID crisis, Lake Seminole might be out for him. So can he catch fish on the ponds that he struggled last time? It's going to be an interesting uh, an interesting development for me. Yeah, th- that that's that's the number one question I had going in ranking Greg is. Was he going to be able to fish in some of the places that brought mm-hmm. him a big fish last year? And I guess uh, I guess the verdict's still out on that one. We'll have to see. Well, up next, we've got Parker McDonald of the Southern Ground Podcast. Now, I think outside of yourself, he was the most consistent in getting on fish. Unfortunately for him, he wasn't quite able to to punch the ceiling for inches, though, and that that seemed to hold him back all year. That did, Parker. I got to give Parker credit. He was getting out there, and the man was consistently getting on fish. Uh, he, he was ahead of me for a while there. I mean, it had me just slightly worried, just slightly worried that that I may not be able to catch him. Um, he went out on several days, posted several large bags mm-hmm. out there. So I believe Parker, he may be one of the uh, most experienced uh, bass fishermen that we have in this tournament. So th- that's why he got the the ranking uh, that he did. Yeah, I think he might also be a little bit limited in his focus. You know, last year, the Junebug Yum Senko was his go-to. I think he might be the second best Senko fisherman in the tournament, or maybe first, depending on how you look at it, quality of fish versus uh, uh, quantity. Uh, he, he really worked that on those lakes, but... When talking to him post-interview, it looks like a lot of the ramps to the places where he caught fish have been shut down as well. So it's going to be interesting to see if Parker can adapt for the coming challenges that he faces in northern Alabama. That's true. But he did seem like there was a possibility that that it could be opened back up by the time uh, we get this tournament started or at some point during the tournament. Uh, that being said, if not, he may struggle. He may struggle this tournament. Although mm. that will not stop him from talking smack. He's probably probably one of the biggest smack talkers that we have in this tournament. So, oh, absolutely. Bar none. I mean, the, his his sheer audacity to get on YouTube and record a video and call out creators where it's being viewed by thousands of people on YouTube, it, it blew me away how bold he was in those early weeks. Yeah, he he's definitely bold. Uh, I think he did do a lot to kind of back that up. Uh, in the end, it didn't really uh, translate for him for the number one ranking uh, in mm. the creators. But Parker's yep. also got other motivation. He, he, he's worried about his dad in this tournament, who's not a creator. He has been striving to beat his dad his whole life at fishing and can't seem to get it done. So maybe he's going to use that little bit of extra motivation for this tournament uh, to get out there and bring in one of those huge bag limits over this month-long grind. Well, speaking of month-long, I think 
Parker's also got two awesome qualities that a lot of people don't know about uh, going for him. First, he's got he has established a power mullet. And if you ever know anything about being successful in sports, especially baseball, if you watch, you have to have a mullet to sign those multi-million dollar contracts. On top of that, speaking of millions of dollars, he doesn't have to actually work for a living. He's a trust fund baby, and he gets to fish literally whenever he wants to. So he's got the time, the money, the resources. I mean, the guy just literally fishes almost every day, all day. So of all the people who have the ability and the time, I think it might be Parker. And I recently saw Parker on like a new canoe advertisement. So the man's obviously using this challenge and what we did last year to promote himself mm-hmm. uh, for, for the for the betterment uh, of him, obviously. Um, we haven't seen any of the <laughs> We no, haven't seen any no. of that. But, hey, we're glad to be uh, that go-between between him and companies uh, to, to kind of promote himself. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no, the, the endorsements have definitely helped him. And I think that's number that's number one reason, maybe, or number two reason that he is uh, number two on our list. So with that said, let's get to his interview and see what he's got to say. All right, guys, we have got the leading kayak fisherman in this tournament from the state of Alabama, which is kind of a low bar considering he's the only one that I'm aware of from the content creators. But that does make him number one uh, in our hearts and minds. Parker McDonald of the Southern Ground, dude, thanks for joining us. Hey, man, thanks for having me on again. I appreciate it. Parker, Chase here. Why don't you tell everybody what your favorite memory from last year was? Golly, man, I don't know. Um, So... uh, a buddy of mine, a mutual friend of ours, uh, his name's Adrian Wilson, came, and uh, Adrian's a Adrian's a interesting character. He's a cool guy. I really like him. Um, but he has not had a ton of experience bass fishing, and so he called me up during our tournament. And he was like, "Hey man, you think uh, you think maybe you could? You think maybe you we could we could go fishing? I I could come down there. I'm off work. I could come down there and we could fish." He said, I'd like to kind of learn a little bit about bass fishing from a kayak and stuff. And I was like, yeah, that, that sounds good. But somewhere in, I mean, like the, the social side of me was like, yeah, that sounds great. I love Adrian. He's a cool guy. We haven't got to hang out a lot. That'll be fun. But the competitive side of me was like, crap, I'm trying to win this dang tournament. And uh, I, I'm going to have somebody else with me that I'm, you know, whatever, that we're double fishing holes and stuff. And uh I, as it turns out, that day, I believe I caught the biggest fish that was on my stringer um, basically right under his boat. <laughs> um, <laughs> we were out there in this little cove, and I think I said something like, I'm going to catch a fish right here underneath you. And sure enough, man, I caught a toad right underneath his boat. And he was like, what the heck, dude? Come on. Next up, what is your favorite lure? Oh, bro, it ain't changed since last year. It's still going to be the um, – Cinco worm, just depending on the, depending on the color. I really like June bug Cinco's. Those are, uh, um, man, they seem to be fire out here. Just about every year, everywhere you go, if you can get on June bug Cinco, you know, with without a weight, so weightless June bug Cinco, and just fishing it as slow as possible, that always seems to be the ticket. Awesome. All right, Parker, you're going to need to think long and hard about this question. Who is your rival in this tournament or challenge? Or challenge. Mm. Oh, man. Who is my rival? Well, 
because the thing is, I'm going to tell you my, my absolute rival is always my dad. Um, he fished in the tournament last year and he, he's just good, man. Like he just, he's just good at fishing and, uh, I don't ever seem to be able to beat him at fishing. Now hunting is a different story, but fishing, he's just really good at it. So he's my number one rival. If I have to say anybody, uh, I'm probably going to say it's going to be, uh, Greg, just because Greg's got a big mouth on him. And, uh, and so do I, I know that I do too, but, um, Greg, Greg got real cocky after catching that big fish last year. Didn't even finish in the top three. I don't think with his big fish that he caught uh, on the creator side, he may have, he may have finished in the top three. Y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, he got all, he got all cocky catching that big seven and a half pounder or whatever he caught. And so I kind of like to, uh, just continue putting him in his place, I think. So, Greg. <laughs> now, I say that, I say that, I say that, you know, as lightly as I possibly can because Tethered is very much a sponsor of Southern Grounds. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, I, I think Greg likes the idea that he has, that someone thinks that he's the rival. So, I, I think he, he strives. Me and Greg are just so much alike and. Like I, I get along with Greg a lot. I, I love Greg. I think he's an awesome, dude. But we're just a lot alike when it comes to trash talking. I think in competitiveness, um, you know, if if all it was was I wanted to be the person that trash talked the most, I would say Walter is probably going to be my <laughs> rival. <laughs> but Walter, Walter's he just doesn't have the competitive edge. Well, I'm sorry, but <laughs> you kind of you you kind of have to be. Uh, you got to be the leader of this thing, you know? And so you don't get to be the super competitor. You don't, you know, it just, it doesn't work. It doesn't make you look good. So I get that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, Parker, tell us what kayak you're using for this tournament. All right. So I'm using a new canoe frontier 12. It is my, uh, this is going to be my, I guess my second, uh, summer or second year fishing out of it. And it's, amazing i love the thing the i mean like the stability of it is outrageous you can stand up i noticed last year with being able to really stand up and move around the boat um like i can i can just about walk to the very front of the boat to the bow of it and and not fall over or anything uh it's just it's just so stable but i noticed last year my hook sets were a lot a lot better like my hook set ratio was much higher because i was Rather than like in a normal kayak, you're almost setting the hook sideways. So you're pulling it sideways because you don't have as much leverage up and down um, when you're sitting down. But when you stand up, you can pull that hook up. And my hook set ratio is just amazing now because I'm I'm hooking those bigger fish in the top of their mouth and not in the side. In the side, they always seem to get off. Um, but those top lip hook sets just, man... They, they were awesome last year. I didn't lose nearly as many fish. And so uh, that doesn't really go with your question that much, but the new canoe is pretty balling. I love it. Well, Parker, give us two bold predictions for this year's challenge. Mm. Well, I predict that a pandemic virus will come through and the – uh, United States will shut. Uh, I know this is bold. The United States is going to shut down basically, 
And uh, so we're not going to be able to fish at the time that we want to be fishing. And my prediction, <laughs> my prediction though, is that Walter is going to use that as an excuse for why he didn't catch a fish <laughs> in the tournament because he didn't get to fish at the time that he wanted to fish. Whenever they were really uh, on bed, you know, whatever we were going to do it. So that's that's one prediction I have. Uh, another prediction I have is that. I'm going to say a creator will not win the tournament. I think after last year, which last year a creator didn't win. Um, but if if I had to be honest with you, I, I kind of figured a creator might win the tournament last year. Um, but, I mean, I think there was – the top three was pretty heavy. If I'm not – if I'm remembering right, the top three were pretty solid uh, – inches is it like over 100 in the top three all all three of the top three were over 100 in fact a uh i think the only creator that placed in the top 10 was chase and he was seven or something like that yeah yeah i think you're right yeah um, chase am I, am I wrong about that no that's right i think i was yeah i was around yeah. seven or something like that yeah that's what I remember. So, and I, I honestly, I can't even remember where I placed. I think I was 11. So here's another thing that happened this year, and I'm not using it as a pop-up because I'm competitive, but the the lake that I fish, the public lake around here that I fish a lot, that I catch a lot of big fish in, um, they've, been, they've had some issues with the dam out there, so they have shut that lake off to the public. And uh, I don't know if it'll be fixed by then. So I wasn't... Honestly, pretty. I, I wasn't all that upset that we had to move the tournament back <laughs> because I want to give that lake as much time as I can before uh, we have to do this thing because I want to be able to fish that lake because I know it really well and I do good on it. So that's a. Uh, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. We'll make it work. Now. That was a fun interview with Parker. I always enjoy how calculated he is. You know, there was a little pause there when we asked some questions. He was very, very careful to work in little jabs here and there. Uh, I, I do think that we need to discuss one thing that is, has it gone too much into his head? You know, he's got the mullet. He's got the, the corporate endorsements. I, I, is he pushing the boundaries? I don't know. Only time will tell. But uh, we do know he's used to coming up short. So, it, it, you know, we'll, we'll see what, what comes of it uh, moving forward. But. I think with number one, we got to be careful with this, man. It's not a good thing to brag. And so we're not going to sit here and talk at nauseum about number one because it would just, it'd be quite unfortunate. So with that, we hope everybody's looking forward to an awesome tournament. We hope you go and register right away. The link for the tournament is in the show notes. Chase, do you have any parting words for this for this episode? Wow. Well, uh, I mean, I'd like to wish all of the competitors of the creators in this tournament, good luck because I'm pretty sure that's what they're going to need to, to get that number one uh, for this tournament. So that, that would be, I would part them with just good luck and let them kind of stew on that for a little while. There you go. There you go. The king, the king of the tournament, the king of the creators has spoken with that. Everybody, we hope you have a fabulous day. I hope you're as excited for this tournament as we are. And we look forward to having you in the Yakin' for Bass small group on Facebook. And we're looking forward to seeing more people register for this event. Until next time, I'm Walt. I'm Chase. Tight lines. <laughs>